Aloha, and welcome to the conversation. The controversies about short-term vacation rentals in Hawaii are long-standing. They occur on every island, and that's only on the legal vacation rentals. That's what we're talking about this morning, legal short-term rentals on Oahu and the Honolulu City Council's Bill 41, now up for a final floor vote. It would increase the minimum stay for rentals to 90 days, up from the current 30 days. It would also restrict the rentals to resort areas, Kuilima near Turtle Bay, Koalina and Waikiki. There are other aspects to Bill 41. We'll get into some of those with our guests this morning. Matt Trevino is a board member of the Oahu Short-Term Rental Alliance. He's opposed to Bill 41. He's joining us on the phone this morning. Aloha, Matt. Mahalo for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. And uh, with us here in the studio is Larry Bartley, Executive Director of Save Oahu Neighborhoods. He supports Bill 41. Aloha, Larry. Mahalo for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We would also love to hear from you this morning. You can reach us on our talk line live, 808-941-3689. Or if you're calling from outside Oahu, dial 1-877-941-3689. And gentlemen, just to begin, I'd like each of you in just a few sentences to summarize the way why you feel the way you do feel about the bill before the Honolulu City Council, uh, which would change a lot of the rules about short-term residential rentals on this island. Matt, let's start with you. Why are you opposed to to Bill 41? Well, Bill, thank you for having me again. Um, I'm opposed to Bill 41 along with a lot of the um, renters that I represent with Austra for several reasons. Um, some of them are legal, some of them are business-oriented, some of them are have other um, outstanding issues, but um, a lot of these um, 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 aspects of what's going on in Bill 41 are grounded in um, takings and vested property rights that, that owners have, um, you know, granted by the, the U.S. Constitution uh, and, frankly, uh, Hawaii state law. So uh, I would like to get into some of those aspects, you know, as we further the discussion. Um, I know that there's um, there's opposition that have have other arguments, but um, there there are many aspects of this bill that are problematic. We'll come back to that uh, property rights issue in, in just a bit. Meanwhile, Larry, in an overview sense, why why do you support Bill Forty One? Well, I've had a long history with this issue, going back to uh, 1990. And uh, we thought, you know, with the bill, with the bills passed in 1990 or 89, that the problem would be cured. It wasn't. So in the early 2000s, it started cropping up again, especially with the advent of the internet. So, uh, you know, myself and a bunch of other people got together over the years. We formed Sabo Wahoo's neighborhoods. We fought back the permitting bills of 2005 and 2007 and 2010, <laughs> and on and on. And Finally, last we got Bill 89 a couple of years ago, got it passed, thinking hopefully that that would allow some B&B permitting and also would get control of the illegal short-term rentals in residential neighborhoods and apartments. It didn't. Uh, court ruling came along at the same time. It says you can rent, uh, fundamentally just says you can rent for 12 times a year. So what's happened is um, smart operators have taken advantage of that. They cheat. They do side contracts, et cetera, to allow more than 12 people or 12 renters per year. And so we're back up to, according to the HTA, I think over 10,000 short-term rentals here on Oahu. That's taking away our housing. The housing is the biggest issue here, that these properties were, were zoned and built for local residents to live in, and they're not being used that way. It's really impacting our housing uh, availability and housing pricing and rental prices. So that's the biggest issue, I think. And we'll get more into that. Meanwhile, we have a, a caller already. Mark from Waimanalo is online. Mark, what's your question? Well, my question is for Larry. I mean, the numbers vastly differ from that. If you take a look at the number of you know rentals on Airbnb, Airbnb, VRBO, or pretty much any platform, um, his number of ten thousand rentals is just vastly wrong. You go on. You can go online right now. Any caller, anybody listening and see that there's only, you know, 30, 40 in Kailua, um, of which I'm not going to go check and see how many are, are legal permitted rentals. I mean, they've they've won their battle. Like, this 
legislation, Bill 41, is just not necessary. That's just not true. Um, if you look at the maps of air DNA and so forth, there are a lot more than that in Kailua. Uh, North Shore is ground zero, and uh, now they're everywhere in Manoa, Nuuanu, uh, Hawaii Kai, et cetera. So the numbers I, I quoted come from HCA, Hawaii Tourism Authority, based mm-hmm. on the the data they receive from people filling out forms and airplanes. I, I believe that's where it comes from. That's their official number. So um, it is a huge problem. And go ahead. I was just so, gonna... can, I, can I caveat off of Mark, Mark, uh, was it Mark or Williams' question? Uh, Mark's. Go ahead. May I, may I caveat off of that? Sure. Sure, yeah. Matt Trevino here, yeah. So at, at the beginning of this discussion, we, we said that we're talking about um, legal short-term rentals, correct? Yes. Okay, so Bill is, um, uh, not Bill, but um, I'm sorry, Larry is going into illegal short-term rentals. And that's part of the discussion is that um, we're all being lumped together as problematic. And um, that's, that's, that, that doesn't bode well for a lot of people that have earned a living and made ends meet in a very tough state here. Um, so the the steering of the discussion into the illegal rentals is kind of where Larry went right from the get-go, which is... Um, that, yeah, that's where I was asked to go. I was asked to give a background of why I'm involved in this and so forth, and it's because of the illegal rentals. And and to be fair, yeah. these these issues are tied together. But let let me ask you both a question that that relates to that. Um, and Larry, you mentioned the background of how we got to where we are now, which is actually that combination of legal and illegal rentals. But when it comes to regulation, when it comes to the creation of laws, what about the idea of enforcement? of existing laws. This is this is a theme that goes through a lot of the public testimony uh, about Bill 41 and uh, and also over time about other efforts that, that you know in, in, in great right. detail. What well, about that? Enforcement, uh, enforcement of people out on, on those streets, you know, walking and driving to these buildings to get affidavits signed from people who admit that they're renting short term are not happening. They're never going to happen. So this process has to be automated. The enforcement process has to be automated through uh, through regulation of advertising and so forth. And that's what Bill 41 does. It goes into advertising regulation, says you can't advertise uh, for less than 90 days, and also that uh, you have to post um, tax TMK numbers and so forth. So this exposes who's doing it illegally. Uh, I, I completely disagree with that, yeah. um, and, and so does um, the uh, the Kauai mayor. Mayor Kawakami lauded um, Bill 89, um, previously uh, ordinance ordinance um, 1918, for the um, the ability of Kauai's um, um, county to limit and put a stranglehold on illegal short-term rentals. Um, why can't that work for Oahu? Bill, Bill 89, um, Ordinance 1918, um, is workable, and we can work within that. This Bill 41, it crushes an entire industry. What is that industry? Well, people that have short-term rentals that make ends meet in this, in this state here. But they're not legal if they're less than 30 days, and that's what's happening. But let me so let me jump in and ask this question to you both. If there is a methodology that involves the rental platforms, the Airbnbs of the world, to engage in something that that is that does flag and target thirty days uh, less than thirty days, is, is that a workable solution as opposed to the, the ninety days? Because again, going back. And I appreciate both of you gentlemen joining us, but on the public testimony, reading through in terms of themes that come through with that, there is a lot of uh, resistance on this idea of it needs to be 90 days as opposed to 30 days because of uh, the the problems within that. Can that mechanism be a 30-day Learn. No, but the, the, uh, because it is 30 days right now, mm-hmm. and it's not working. 
It's not working because people are cheating on the 30 days. They're well, running more that, than that 12 be, times a year. The illegal operators be, are doing that. Matt, Matt, we'll get to you in just a sec. Go ahead. Yeah, and so this is why we're extending it to 90 days. The original proposal was 180 days, which is what the, the law is on Kauai and Maui. And the state law is 180 days. And we understood the, the um, you know, the, the council members who, who changed that to 90 days, they understood, and I agree, that 180 days is too long, that you have a lot of uh, people who need to rent, like, uh, you know, nurses, traveling nurses and, and defense contractor people who come in and out. They need a place to stay for more than 90 days and less than 180 days. So that was quite all right with me. You know, we had some resistance with our own our own ranks about that, but they wanted to stay with 180, but the council, I think, wisely chose 90 days. The, the, the beauty of the 90-day thing is it has to be on the advertising. So the market, the Internet market, is going to be impacted by that. So people who legitimately want to stay for 90 days or rent for 90 days don't need a permit. You don't need anything. You just rent for 90 days. That's all. And month to month is covered after that. <clears throat> so if you have a long-term rental agreement that goes for more than 90 days after that it can be month to month that's not a problem with the same party staying there so we think this will work it's um you know i think this is 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 a compromise that was arrived at after a lot i mean a lot of discussion and um, battering back and forth between all the parties and and granted as you say that 90 days certainly a lot um a lot shorter and, and different than than the 180 days, um, but I'm just uh, uh, going to uh, d- to sort of read in terms of some of the uh, the again the public testimony uh, on this the the idea that uh, 90 days um, for affordability for for people coming. Um, this is uh, Jeffrey Tarr, who uh, owns a condo in Makaha, rents out for 30 days or more, says he's registered and paying taxes, and that because of vacation rental apps, his guests say they can afford to stay longer than a week, which is what they could afford if they were paying hotel prices. Uh, he says these guests pump thousands of dollars in the local community by visiting Makaha, Waianae restaurants, grocery stores, farmer's markets, surf and apparel shops. Um, he says Bill 41 would make it impossible for people of average means to enjoy the beauty of Hawaii as not many visitors can come for six months at a time. I'm in favor of enforcing existing ordinances of 30-day minimums and all property owners paying their lodging taxes easily online. But you draw that distinction, Larry, between 30 and 90. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's an arbitrary number. It came up to It came up to be a median point between 30 and 180. And uh, this will uh, this will give the city much better tools in their arsenal to fight the short-term rentals. The people who are renting for less than 30 days now and mm-hmm. calling themselves illegal, which they are not. And and so, Matt, your perspective on that 30-day versus 90-day difference and, and how big of an impact that that makes to, to you and the perspective of, of your group? Uh, the 30 to 90 day is a, a huge, um, a crushing blow to like the entire uh, vacation home industry. I mean, you know, um, Larry's been at this for quite some time now, and Bill 89, when it came about um, a few years back, I mean, there was a huge compromise, and um, we went down to 30 days. Um, now, what's wrong with that? Now we're going to go back to 90 days? I mean, this was just compromised within a few years. 30 days um, since 1990. 30 days since 1990, not since Bill 89. Right. So yeah. th- there is history with that 30-day. Yeah, but th- this does honestly keep coming back to this idea of enforcement, difficulty of enforcement on, on 30 days versus 90 days. Let me step away from the... Very uh, go ahead. respond to go something ahead. Sure. Matt said, and I'm going to thank him for, for naming this for what it is. It's a vacation rental industry in our neighborhoods, and he said it perfectly. Thank you. Um, which, again, in terms of, of shifting, you, 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 um, you say as if that, that is something that is not to be... Uh, it's not to not be tolerated, to right? Those houses were built, those apartments were built for people to live in permanently or rented long term. They were never intended for vacation rentals. They're residential zoning, apartment and residential zoning. They were intended for people to live in. 
not vacationers. Let me get to uh, another caller. Susanna of uh, Honolulu is uh, is on the line. Su- Susanna, are you there? I am. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for calling. Thanks for having me. Um, my concern is that I feel like a lot of these um, conversations seem to keep missing the point that by constantly um, restricting and restricting locals' ability to um, benefit from the tourist economy, we're really concentrating all of the the money that comes through tourism really for just mainland companies and large corporations and really leaving local people who are struggling to survive here out of the economic benefit of having to live with this tourism. Uh, mahalo for that. And Larry, what, what about that? That's, um, that's, it's a theme that you, again, see through the public testimony is that the, the big hotels are going to be big beneficiaries of this and, uh, and, and taking away in terms of local. Well, let me draw some distinctions between sure. those industries. And, and uh, believe me, I'm not associated with the hotel industry in any way, shape, or form. Right, I right. don't talk to them. I don't know them very well. Mm-hmm. I've met a couple over these, these kinds of meetings. Uh, you know, the hotel industry runs legal operations. They pay things like Social Security to their workers. They pay health care benefits to their workers. The vacation rental industry in our neighborhoods do not. They operate oftentimes on a cash basis, don't report things. Uh, they pay low, low wages. Um, so to say they're adding so much to the economy is is doubtful. Um Two point. Let me uh, briefly, uh, Matt, uh, get you in on that point about uh, contributions uh, to the uh, economies. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking, for example, of uh, room cleaners, things like that. It, and again, it's uh, Larry. To your point, not every vacation rental situation is is the same. But uh, but but Matt, in in terms of the economic impact of um, of vacation rentals more broadly sure so I, I we understand that there's bad apples out there I mean it's that's everywhere you go there's some type of bad apple with um, with um, something that's going on but um, as far as the economy um, you know we have um, landscapers we have um, you know people that rely on on rentals for for uh to make ends meet here you know maintenance workers carpenters handymen you know housekeepers and you know these a lot of these people like they they are there as a second uh job to come and 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 make ends meet um for their family and provide for their families um, and we're not talking you know, like hundreds of people. Like there's there's thousands of people that are, are in this uh, predicament, um, and they're they're just they would just be all uh, crushed. And you know if this if this bill forty if bill forty one passes, um, some of the small business aspects of it, you know specifically specific to the Kailua area, there's a, a lot of restaurants and coffee shop stores, small businesses, recreation businesses that are out in that particular area that rely on um, guests and visitors coming to the area to spend in their small business and shops that they have. So, um, Matt, I'm, I'm going to get have uh, Larry respond to uh, to your comment, and then I have a, uh, a comment from a listener who called in. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah, th- you know, this really is about housing. And when you take these houses out of the market and say that you're benefiting somebody else by um, – Fewer people having homes to live in, having, you know, we have a negative population growth in Hawaii. People are leaving because of rent prices, because there's no housing available. And then, you know, let's build more houses or let's build, uh, you know, uh, for, for a million dollars each or let's build, you know, this, this, this uh, fund the city is trying to create now <clears throat> to um, take more money out of the property tax to build housing. Well, that'll take years, and and you won't build very many houses with the with the extra money they're hoping to collect for that. So it's not going to do anything to eliminate our, or limit, alleviate our housing situation. And so when you say that we got to have this vacation, I, and I'm glad he keeps mentioning this is a vacation rental industry. This is not about somebody 
who needs a place to stay for 60 or 80 days, right? But, but again, Larry, just, yeah. just to briefly push back on that is uh, you say that as a pejorative uh, of it's a, uh, it, it's a shameful thing. What about the idea that the economics in Hawaii have shifted very much since the, in, in the decades um, uh, since actually since this first started being discussed as an issue back in the late 80s um, and, and first was, was regulated? But the opportunity for local residents to make money, and, and our caller earlier said of uh, restricting locals' ability to benefit from the tourism economies, is that? You know, this is a discussion we had on Bill 89 mm-hmm. when we said we don't need the vacation rental industry in our neighborhoods. And that bill passed, I think, unanimously by the county council here. And we're still there. So they're trying to bring up now that we need this vacation rental industry back in our apartment buildings and back in our neighborhoods. Or the fact is it did go away for a while, but now it's back. And we're trying to get rid of it again. So if they say they want to, uh, they believe in Bill 89, the opposition does. But now they're, you're hearing, oh, we need vacation rentals in residential neighborhoods and apartments. This is everything they're saying, right? That's the discussion going on today. I, I, I'm looking for, I guess, sort of um – areas between genuine disagreements over scope and extent, but also some uh, some way of dealing with the realistic situation that we have in terms of tourism, Hawaii, local economics, and, and local residents benefiting. Well, if you're asking me that question, the, the, the local economics are overwhelming. People are leaving. We have a huge homeless situation. Housing prices are through the roof. And that's very part of that is a result of vacation rentals in apartments and vacation rentals in residential neighborhoods. Let me go to uh, point to David uh, from Kailua who uh, who called. He's not on the line right now, but he uh, works in the hotel industry. And he called to respond to the comment about the statistics from the Hawaii Visitors Bureau. Uh, he feels that the uh, Hawaii Visitors Bureau and the hotel industry are. Um, in close alignment together uh, in opposing uh, vacation rentals. Um, that's, again, in, in terms of alliances, and, and as you said, it's not not everyone in favor of this bill is is with the, uh, the hotel industry. But meanwhile, uh, let's get to uh, Karen of Waimanalo. She also is, uh, is on the line right now. Uh, Karen, aloha. Are you still with us? Aloha. Thank you so much for this um, wise conversation and your um, moderation. So it's true. Wealthy people that bought their houses 50 years ago do not need money from tourists. Those of us, however, I've lived, I grew up in Mililani Town, but I didn't manage to buy a house until four years ago here in Hawaii. And I do need this money from legal I'm operating legally. This whole nonsense about pretending that we're the bad guys, I'm so grateful for you pointing that out. That is not the truth. Even if I am entrepreneurial and I work three jobs, including renting out part of my own home, it doesn't make me a bad guy. In fact, an hour before the show, my neighbor across the street stopped me in the street, and he said, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. And that's the truth. I was a single parent. I had two boys. I was a substitute teacher. I needed to figure out how to make more money and be able to take care of my kids. I started working as a housekeeper for $20 an hour for neighbors who had rented out their ohanas in the back. Then I learned the business. Then I got to take care of a few neighbors' houses. And then the house that I bought was a whole giant vacation rental. And the man who owned it said, sure, I'll sell you the house and carry the paper. So now I own a house. We pay our housekeepers $50 an hour. The handyman and the maintenance people make between $60 and $100 an hour. I was able to put a roof on my house that it needed. I was able to get solar to deal with the wild electric bills. And I am part of this community. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity to not be demonized because I let people rent my house for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. And let me tell you about the people that come. They're, they're one of the people who works at the Waimanalo Health Center. Her family is coming. They're having a whole reunion here. If we had 90 days, they could not come. 
They are a family that was uh, diplomats. They were moving from China, where they had been in service, to South Africa, where they were going to be in service. And they stayed at our house for 60 days so they could have a break before they went from one really hard place to live to another really hard place to live. We have people that are moving to the neighborhood, people that moved to Lanikai. Their house wasn't ready yet, and they stayed here for 30 or 60 days, and um, then they moved to their house in Lanikai. We are not monsters. We are not demons. Tourists are not awful. People who stay in vacation rentals are not awful. This is a viable way to make a living. If my Internet would work, I would go outside and let you talk to all of my neighbors who literally told me this morning how proud they are of how I managed to take care of my family, even in this really difficult economic times. And, and Mahalo, Karen, thank you so much for, uh, for calling and for, for sharing your, your experience. And, and Larry, out of, out of all of that, um, just the idea that this issue is, is complicated, this issue has shifted. And I know you've been, you've been dealing with this since back in 1990, in the, the, the late 80s, as this, this first came up. Um, how have you seen this discussion, this, um, this issue change and, and shift to, to you, and, and what remains similar for you? Well, the Internet was the big factor where mm-hmm. previously, you know, in the 80s, 70s, and 80s, you had to arrange these things through a travel agent. And, there, and they were operating, and there were very few of them, actually. And then and it got to be a problem in uh, the 80s, and this is pre-Internet, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the early 2000s, when the Internet took off, this is before Airbnb and the other big operators, it started to be, become a much bigger problem because it eliminated the travel agent. So people could make their deals directly, and they had websites not like Airbnb, but where you contacted the owner directly and, and made it. And so they mm-hmm. started mushrooming big time in North Shore and Kailua especially at that period in time. And then uh, then along comes Airbnb. They become the hotelier, which actually collects the money and, and provides mm-hmm. the booking service and so forth. Then it really, really took off and around 2010. So that's kind of the history of it. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, and we, we have a postcard we used to show at the state senate when we were doing hearings up there on taxes and so forth on uh, vacation rental taxes. And Airbnb was mailing out, um, you know, postcards to people in residential neighborhoods, say, become a, you know, become a vacation renter, you know, we'll book your services and we'll do a great job and so forth. And knowing that these houses were not eligible for less than 38 rentals. And the lady in Waimanalo, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate her story. It's, it's, it's true. I'm, I'm, I've heard other stories like that. And some people, um, you know, if she doesn't want to rent for 90 days, then she probably can't rent for less than 90 days legally. So, well, you know, if she wants to rent for 90 days, there's no problem with having long-term renters. There's plenty of people, believe me, I know many of them who are looking for apartments to rent for less than two twenty-five hundred dollars a part, month. Part part right. of that so, discussion, so and actually, actually, Matt, I, I realize that you're there. We're going to come back to you. We're going to come back to this discussion. I need to uh, to get a break in right actually now. Um, this is the conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. We're talking about short-term vacation rentals on Oahu, the bill before the Honolulu City Council that would tighten restrictions on them, uh, Bill 41. You can join the discussion by calling one 941 3689 on Neighbor Islands or just 808-941-3689 here on Oahu. Stay with us. We'll be back after the break. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from the Honolulu Museum of Arts, Homa Nights, offering entertainment, art experiences, beverages, and bites on Friday and Saturday evenings. Hours and admission tickets at honolulumuseum.org. Germany needs Russian energy. We all know that. So, though, do the Russians. Those dependencies may limit the foreign policy choices we have, uh, the room, the political room to maneuver. I'm Kai Rizdal. Change through trade? Yeah, maybe not. That story next time on Marketplace. Beginning this evening at 6, following All Things Considered.
Each week, New Dimensions explores the social, political, scientific, environmental, and spiritual frontiers with some of today's foremost social innovators, thinkers, scientists, and creative artists. Hello, I'm Brooke Williams, author of Mary Jane Wild, Two Walks and a Rant. Next time on New Dimensions, I'll be talking about inner and outer wilderness. Beginning Sunday morning at 11. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from Ferraro Choi, committed to environmentally sustainable architecture and interior design. Supporting Hawaii Public Radio for more than 25 years, ferrarochoi.com. Welcome back to the conversation. We're talking about short-term vacation rentals on Oahu and the bill before the Honolulu City Council that would tighten the rules on them, Bill 41. We'd like to know how you feel about it. Good solution to the challenges of short-term rentals or a bit too much? Uh, you can call us on Oahu, 941-3689. Joining us, uh, Larry Bartley, Executive Director, Save Oahu Neighborhoods. And on the phone, Matt Trevino, board member of the Oahu Short-Term Rental Alliance. And uh, Matt, wanted to get your uh, perspective uh, right now on, on the discussion so far. Oh, yes, a uh, lot to comment on. Um, but I would like to uh, caveat a little bit off of um the, the young lady from Wyman uh, was talking about, um, you know, how, how she uh, manages her uh, her vacation home out there. So I'm, I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence, but, you know, the Fifth Amendment has uh, due process protections. And it says that no one is to be deprived of life, liberty, or property without a due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So the property aspects of this, that's one animal, but the life uh, aspect of this is another one. You know, um, this this bill affects people's ability for socialization. It affects people's ability to build professional networks. Um, it is very disruptive. Um, I've had nothing but um, honorable people that have um, stayed in some of my rentals that I have. I've had lawyers. I've had doctors, nurses, um, other medical professionals. Um, that, that come to Hawaii, enjoy the island, and respect everything about it. And when you say that you can't, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. It's basically uh, a, a constraint on on life, liberties, as well as property. And um, I, I don't even I, I don't even want to open the Pandora's box on the property issues. Um, but if we want to get to that, I, I'm willing to discuss that as well. Uh, yeah, I don't mind discussing that at all. The idea that this is unconstitutional, I don't think, flies because 30 years ago in 1989, they passed a law which said you can no longer rent for longer than 30 days. There was no constitutional challenge to that. So if people were doing that before, suddenly they were illegal. Let, let me, if I might, let me guide the discussion a bit away for the moment from the Constitution and, and more to contemporary residents uh, here uh, on Oahu who actually have joined us on the line. Uh, Nicole from the uh, North Shore uh, is, uh, has a perspective that's, uh, that is uh, uh, different from what we've been talking about right now. Uh, Nicole, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Aloha. Thank you for calling in. I'm calling um, really to just stoke more of a conversation about Bill 89. And um, we've seen the model work on Kauai in the enforcement of Bill 89 because we have a bill that has been passed that all of city council agreed would curtail our illegal short-term vacation rentals while also making sure that our legal short-term vacation rentals stay where they are and continue to be an asset to the communities that they're in. Um, But I I don't understand where we're coming from in in stoking this conversation about Bill 41 and the fact that we're trying to curtail the illegal vacation rentals when really we have the platform here in Bill 89 in just enforcing it. And I feel as though uh, Dean Uchida, who just reclused himself from Bill 41 yesterday, because of his involvement with the tourism and his wife, um, it just goes to show that this bill is totally corrupt, and it's in it for the hotel industry only. 
Nicole Mahal for that and uh, Bill 89 just on logistical and, and legalities that that now is ordinance 1918 um, just on, on clarification on, on keeping the numbers um, but that point uh, again and we're gonna get back to uh, back to a, a caller in just a moment but that there is something that 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 has worked as a model that is uh, well, uh, her, but you're shaking your head Larry her conjecture that this was pushed by the hotel industry i have no idea it came out of, it came out of the well, dpp it mm. came out of the dpp mm-hmm. uh months ago in one form went through the planning commission and arrived at the council it's completely different now and i have i have met with people and council members who've worked on this bill since it arrived at the council mm-hmm. i have not had any discussion with hotel people about it neither have the people um who i'm working with have not been involved with the hotel industry. It looks quite a bit different. It's the same bill. It does very much the same things, but it dropped the taxes, the tax increases. It dropped the hotel uh, registration requirements in Waikiki and so forth. So this is not a hotel bill. And so this was arrived at after a lot, a lot of work by the council members and the public. Uh, Matt, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm guessing that you have a, a brief comment to that. Yeah, I, I do. A real short one. So the DPP, you know, aren't they supposed to, they're not a politically appointed. Um, uh, Dean is supposed to be remain objective and unbiased and just really focus on processing permits. He's not supposed to be the lead ru- and forerunner for um, this a proponent to the bill, correct? Unless he's a politically appointed, correct? I don't know that he was. Well, well I mean, he was on a PBS special. Um, a year ago, basically talking uh, as the lead about, hey, and putting his uh, two cents in on what he felt was going wrong with vacation rentals rather than just processing them. Well, you know, the so, city the city comes to the city comes to it's uh, the council comes to the departments of the city to find out what's going on. So it's not inappropriate at all for, for Mr. Achita to advise the council on what to do. I mean, that's his department. He's uh, well, running it. They have they have to talk more than advice. On, on on this point, uh, let me if speaking for the in in terms of speaking for the administration, someone who who certainly does and supportive of of Bill Forty One um, and his administration did put it together, and that's Honolulu Mayor Rick Majority. The long and the short of it is that we feel like all of this is sort of teeing up very nicely. Uh, I'm very anxious about getting Bill 41 passed, which has a lot to do with illegal vacation rentals, as you know. Um, and we've been through three uh, hearings now. I believe we have the votes. We're going to get that. So uh, that will also, I think, help tremendously uh, in, in the efforts we're making right now to uh, you know, make, make, make this just a better place to live. And I hate to say this cliche, to live, work, and play, because it sounds good. I don't mean it that way, but the truth of the matter is, what do we do? We live here. We work here, and we want to play here, and we don't want to feel subordinated that we've wholesaled Hawaii for the retail business where a bunch of people don't even put money in the local bank accounts or sweep their accounts all the time, and everybody here is left feeling subordinated. I want to get out of that. So anything and everything we can possibly do to direct our energies here to make the people who live here the priority, that's what I'm going to be about. Uh, well, Mayor Rick Blanchardi yeah. there just for a moment. Let me remind uh, our, our listeners that you can call us uh, 941-3689 from Oahu, otherwise 877-941-3689. Uh, got a, uh, we, we have a, a caller on the line, but go ahead, uh, Matt, just want to have you uh, respond to the, the mayor on that. Uh, yeah, just um – not a lot of accurate statements, and you know, quite frankly, you know, I find it cliche that Sydney County has been the recipient of billions of dollars in taxes collected from these rental properties, and now they're problematic. I mean, that's cliche to me. Correction: the uh, the state gets the excise taxes. The city is going to nickel out of this. Um, the splitting up and what has happened to the TAT is is in and of itself perhaps a topic for another well, the, the, the another city day. Never even got but a percentage; they got a fixed amount of the TAT for years. Now I guess they're getting next next to nothing or much less. Right, and now it's county by county. So and, the and state, state collects the excise taxes. The city city suffers financially from this industry because it has to provide more services and so forth for more people, more police, et cetera. 
let let me uh, move, if if I might, to uh, another caller that we have on the line. Uh, Sarah is uh, calling in this morning from uh, Kailua. Aloha, Sarah. Are you there? Uh, aloha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, letting me call in. Um, I wanted to start off by saying that I agree with Nicole in the North Shore in, um, in that we have a bill in place currently that um, was put into place uh, prior to COVID and never enacted upon. It was a bill that everybody agreed on. It was a bill that, um, that worked for communities, and it's never been implemented. It, licenses have, and registration opportunities have never gone out into the community um, for over, what, 20 years in order to apply for uh, uh, an opportunity to vacation rental. Um, and those were set up pretty strictly in terms of you have to live on property. You uh, have to uh, have certain regulations around your property, only uh, one bedroom or two bedroom, and you have to be there in order to watch over it. I'm not talking about TVUs. You're those, talking about B&Bs. Yeah, and, right. and those were, th- that bill has never come to fruition. That or it, it is, it's in place, but nobody has given it an opportunity to work. And we need to give that an opportunity to work. And that keeps that 30-day in place. Now, I, I know you're, um, uh, I, I believe it's Larry, I, I apologize um, if I'm not getting that correctly. I, I know he's saying that the hotel industry is not involved in this. You, you could not be further from the truth. If you don't think that the communities and people in our local, people in our community don't think that the hotel industry is behind us, it's, del- it's delusional. We, we know that if they push out even just the 30-day, they want everybody to stay down in Waikiki. Not everybody wants to stay down there, but you do have local people in the community who have small, maybe a one-bedroom or a unit in their house that they'd like to rent out to a couple or, or, or a small family that they could get you know, uh, income from. The hotel industry is pushing this. They're lining the pockets of city council. They're, they're, they've got the money to make this go through. What else would be pushing this through? The, what you see in Kailua, you can't even, you, no tourists are going to be able to come here and spend their money unless they're bussed in by hotel industry. That's, again, another opportunity for them to make money by bussing them into our communities. You see them coming in, buses dropping them off, dropping them off with the big buses in Kailua at our beach parks. Uh, the rental car industry also associated with the uh, Hawaii tourism, with the hotel industry, more rental cars coming onto the island, more traffic, more. Instead of letting these people come into the community under the bill that's in place, registering with the state, the VRBO, Airbnb, they have both made agreements with the state that said, Listen, allow these rentals, the 30-day, I'm not talking about short-term even, I'm talking about 30-day, allow these uh, rentals to be in place, we'll collect the taxes for you, and we'll submit it for you. That deal was made as well, and, to and ensure. It, I mean, the, the fact that he's saying that, uh, you know, uh, people are doing the deals, and, and it's all cash, and it's all, you know, that's very, very difficult to do that. Um, a a business cash-wise. And so I feel like we're really being misrepresented here. And I feel like it is really, um, it's really an injustice to most of the local communities to say the hotel industry is not backing this. is just absurd, Sarah Mahal. I think I think the uh, actually what Larry is saying is not that the hotel industry is not backing this, but the hotel industry uh, is not something that he himself is representing. But Larry, I'll, I'll let you uh, speak to that. Well, yeah, um, I have not talked to the hotel industry maybe one time during but, this entire. But but I think it, yeah. it it's a given that the hotel industry backs, and this is this is public record. I mean, they are very they much do. in yeah. favor I of, of Bill Forty One. But but you you had another point that you wanted to make. 
Well, I think if the lady has proof of any uh, improprieties of, of uh, the hotel industry bribing council members or something, she should take that to the, to the Ethics Commission, you know. And uh, I don't think that's happening myself. I've never seen any evidence of such a thing, but uh, maybe she knows. I the, don't know. The, the, I mean, that would have to appear like on a subpoena, but if that's the way it's going to go, it's going to go that way. That's not what we want, though, but... That's Matt Trevino, by the way, uh, on the on the line. Uh, go ahead, Matt. Uh, yes, I was just commenting off of uh, Larry's, um, you know, lack of evidence. Um, I mean, uh, all that stuff would come out, like, in uh, future subpoenas, if that's the way it's going to go. Uh, if that's the way it's going to head, um, you know, t- tomorrow is um, the last and final reading for um, uh, Bill 41. So we'll see how it goes after that. Um, we're hoping that um, more of the city council um, has the um, the, the um, ability to step up, kind of like um, council member um, Andrea Tupola did, and she put her foot down, and she knows that this is a mess. Matt, let me just um, uh, thank you on on that, and and reminding uh, our, our listeners again where where we are in the process with this. Uh, let me get in one more call from the windward side, uh, if I could. Um, Ingrid Peterson uh, calling in from uh, Kailua. And Ingrid, uh, you, you've been active uh, on this issue. Um, aloha. Aloha. Well, yes, but also my husband is third generation Kailua, and my family bought my our childhood my childhood home where I live now back in 1963. So we've seen what the explosion of vacation rentals, most of them illegal, has done to Kailua. This is a residentially zoned community, and um, my parents scrimped and saved as teachers to first be able to buy the land, and then eventually, um, when they could buy the, I mean, first be able to buy the house, and then after the State Land Reform Act, they eventually bought the land, you know, and they passed it on to the children, and then it'll go to the grandchildren. They didn't buy Vienna semi-resort. So my one big objection is that our community has been really badly hurt by being turned into a semi-resort. Residents can't even park at the beaches or parks. There's no room. But my other big objection is that it's taken the short-term vacation rentals have taken so many units off the long-term vacation rental, um, taking it away from long-term vacation. I'm not sorry, taking it away from long-term rentals that it's both there's very very few to be found and the prices are just sky high and this has happened to friends of mine they couldn't find anything when they lost their rental home um and i think that's very harmful for the community at large um this is a huge and i have to say i have nothing to do with the hotel industry and i really i really resent um, people saying that all the backing is from the hotel industry, and many, many of my neighbors in, throughout Kailua feel the same as I do. And and certainly to to underscore that point, um, not only the hotel industry is is in favor of this. But Larry, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, they're taking calls. I guess there are a lot coming from Kailua, but let me tell you, North Shore is ground zero on this issue. And Waianae Coast is getting worse, and Eva is getting worse, and Manoa, et cetera. So it's unfortunate that this is getting framed as a Kailua issue because it's not. Oahu is one big housing market. In other words, a lot of people don't care if they live in Kailua or Kaneohe or Waimanalo mm-hmm. or, or North Shore or whatever. They would live anywhere if they could find a place they could rent. And so it's one housing market, this entire island. You can't build, you know, it's not like Omaha where you can chop up another cornfield and build more houses. So housing supply is limited, and a lot of these houses are going to vacation rentals. And the proof is in about one-third of the houses sold in Oahu, as I hear, are sold to mainland buyers as investments. And they are they are operated as I, vacation rentals. I, I gotta I gotta call you on that to ask for a source on that. Though. I will Boy, have I will have to get back to you because okay. I don't have it in front of you. I just read it yesterday on Maui, uh, on Maui, the one third are our um, mainland buyers, right? Larry, let me let me just say this, um, Larry and Matt. Thank you so much for for joining us. We've got just a couple of minutes left, uh, and and Matt, I'll start with you in terms of a closing thoughts of uh, forty five seconds or so. Go ahead, Matt. 
Uh, yes, yeah, so closing thoughts on this. I mean, Bill 41 is a pernicious government overreach into civil rights matters regarding the Fifth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Um, um, deprivation of life, liberty, and property rights without due process of the law um, is something that you know, we need to take into account. Um, but this bill um, is really not even need, needs not to be on the table right now. Bill 89 um, can do everything that we want to do. Um, fundamentally, when you break this thing down, we're all here for the same reason, right? Because we all want to get rid of the, um, the illegal uh, STRs. So Bill 89 is able to do that for us, um, just like it, it was able to do it for um, Kauai. And Matt, um, thank you very much. We'll, we'll leave it there. Larry, final thought? Yeah, following up on that, Bill 89 uh, did what it was supposed to until that court ruling came down, said you can rep for 12 times a year, then... The DPP couldn't enforce because people cheat on that. And they are staying for less than 30 days. Even, even a 30-day rental is too short. That's a person who comes in who's not part of the neighborhood, who is, uh, you know, never never joins a softball league or pays taxes here or does anything, you know. So that's a rental off the market. Thanks to both of you, to uh, Larry Bartley, Executive Director of City of Oahu Neighborhoods, uh, supportive of Bill 41. Matt Trevino is on the phone, board member of Oahu Short-Term Rental Alliance, opposed to Bill 41. To all of you who have uh, called in, shared your thoughts um, as well, uh, thank you so much. If you have a comment to share about today's show or want to share something, call our talkback line. You can get in on that, 808-792-8217. Short-term rental, certainly topic we'll be following here at HPR. You can send us an email at talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org. If you want to listen back to today's show, check out the conversation podcast at hawaiipublicradio.org. I'm Bill Dorman. Join us tomorrow for more of the conversation, and mahalo for tuning in. Mm-hmm.